0: Rebecca and Jerry are now midway through their winter quarter of online sessions at Cold Wax Academy, where, as always, members have access to in depth and varied content for learning and growth. Upcoming sessions include a presentation by guest author Sean McNiff, tips on photographing your artwork, a painting clinic for works in progress, and the final critique session of this quarter, with a special focus on composition. As a member, you can also access the private Facebook page and the community there of informed and supportive artists who post paintings, ask questions, and initiate discussions. It's never too late to join Cold Wax Academy. All live sessions are recorded, and there are now nearly 100 previous sessions in the member library. Please visit coldwaxacademy.com for more information as well as basic information about using cold wax medium. That's coldwaxacademy.com. That's all for now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about consistency. As artists, we know it's good to be open to new ideas and changes, but for marketing purposes, we're also expected to have an identifiable style that is consistent and recognizable. This basic dilemma is frustrating when you have wide-ranging interests and like to explore new ideas or media. Your work can appear to be all over the place and seem to lack focus. At the other extreme, being overly concerned that your work is consistent can inhibit your growth as an artist. Today, we will talk about the balance between consistency and exploration in your work. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, if this, to me, is really a question about about having personal voice and direction. And what personal voice means to me is that you can have flexibility and change. At the same time, you're working within the realm of what's meaningful in your work and your your core ideas, your content. So that's kind of a you know a, a brief way of putting it. But we're going to pick that apart a little bit because it's it's complicated. I mean, there's a lot to this idea, um, and there, there's some confusing things about this idea. And one of those things is um, what we were talking about last week, which was. Um, Predictable outcomes, and you might think, "Well, you need you need to plan everything in order to have a predictable outcome that's consistent." Well, there's no real contradiction here, and as you you're going to see as we talk through this, consistency is really coming from uh, within you and within your way of working, your visual language, and so on, and so you still don't need to know the outcome for it to be consistent. It's it's more like that's coming from inside of you. So just to to clear that up a little bit. Um, another thing that, that can also be confusing about this is that, you know, you look around at other artists and you can see, you can find examples of mature artists, developed artists that have different kinds of work that they do. And I mean, well-known artists, and and they're working in different media, they're working in sometimes uh, various directions, and, and sometimes all of that kind of at the same time. And that, you know, in the art world is certainly recognized and acceptable. And examples that I thought of were um, Gerhard Richter. He's probably um, the artist a lot of people would point to as having so many different ways of working. Um Sean Scully does both 2D and 3D work and even some figurative painting. And another one I thought of was Cy Twombly because you may not know of Cy Twombly's sculptures, but he also works in 3D. So um, all of these three examples that just came to mind are people that, you know, they're they're highly lauded in the art world. But I would say what you know, what we could say about them or other people that do this is they do have a solid sense of what interests them. And when I think about what Richter does, there's this sense of luminosity in all of his work, whether it's whether it's photorealism or whether it's complete abstraction, there's luminosity um, to what he does. And for Cy Twombly, there's this kind of enjoyment of sort of quirky juxtapositions that you see both in his 3D work and 2D work. So, they have this basis and this personal focus. And I, I think you could find that in, in any artist who's pretty pretty well developed, but exploring these different things. Um, and so they have this uh, personal focus from which they branch out from. And if you think about something like luminosity, well, you know, as a central idea, that could lead in a lot of different directions, but the idea itself would provide consistency. So. Sometimes when you look at other people's work and it's and it's and it's working, they're they're doing well in these different areas. Um, sometimes there's a connecting idea um, behind it, or maybe the connection is more visual. Maybe it's more visual ideas you recognize their style, their way of working, or both. You know, but there's something, some threads running through that pull it together. And so I just kind of wanted to mention that at the beginning because um, you know I've heard that. Uh, objection from people when this topic comes up. Yeah, but look at so and so; they do all this different stuff. Um, I think it's more—it's more of an issue. It's more maybe confusing when you are at an earlier stage in in your art life and you're trying to find that personal voice. You're trying to find those connections. Um, so you mentioned in the intro this. Idea about marketing, the marketing aspect of this, um, and so I, I kind of want to get that out of the way too, because this part of it is is something that you know people kind of get, like you you kind of people kind of understand. Artists do, galleries do, that your work when it's out there being sold um, takes on aspects of being a brand, and you know <laughs> you know I don't love that word, and but but in the sense of it's something recognizable. Um, and identifiable with you, what your work looks like. So that consistency to a gallery is important because it helps them sell your work, and they they also know that they can count on you to come through with work that's in the same vein over time. So they're not, uh, it's you know, it's something they can um, count on in a in a long term sort of way. And that is that's all true, but I think that there are nuances to this also. And it is something to be aware of and be careful of when you work with galleries because you may have a particular approach or way of working that is clearly popular selling. And um, if that's where you stop as an artist, to me, that's problematic. If, If it is okay, that's what you wanna do. I mean, I'm not gonna judge it. But if you have that urge to grow and change, then this can become a real conflict, right? When when you're being asked to stop that, stop growing, you know, stop changing. This is, it's uh, it's difficult. Um, but I, I really believe that reaching that marketable place in your career is not, does not mean that you have to stop changing and, and you know, trying out new things. So... In an ideal world and with an ideal gallery, uh, the gallery recognizes that you ba- have basic consistency in your work, but they're not going to object to you changing over time and and that your your followers, your collectors, people that are interested in your work are going to see that as, as interesting. I mean, it, you know, it's kind of um, exciting to watch somebody change and grow and especially if you've invested something in their in their uh, process like you bought their work and now five years later you're looking again and saying oh yeah this is this is an interesting direction so i think to think that you have to be absolutely the same once you get into a gallery hopefully not the case and and if that is what you're hearing then it's probably not a very good fit if you are that artist that grows and everybody's going to grow and change if they're painting a lot. I mean, your, your, your basic techniques are going to change. So I think galleries get that most of them do. And, um, just, just a mention of sort of, I don't know, nuances to that. The other, the other way to deal with galleries that have particular requests or demands about what they want to take from you is, um, to have more than one outlet for your work. And, this can really be fine because you know, realistically, galleries are responding to where they're located and, and to their client base. So in my own life, um, for example, the gallery that I work with in Atlanta, they have a particular color, range of colors, color palette that they feel is successful. And so they will say that to me, these are the colors that, that do well here that we like to see. Um, okay, and I like the colors too, but it's not all that I do. Um, my gallery in Santa Fe, uh, at least currently, is asking for colorful work. So my feeling about this is, okay, I do what I do. I paint as I am moved to paint, and then um, earmark a, a particular painting for a particular gallery. And so the painting comes first, and then uh, what do I do with it? So. That's a solution if you are able to have more than one gallery um, but but really, this whole thing about consistency is is not just about marketing uh that that may be the first thing that comes to mind, especially if you're thinking about that aspect, that business aspect of it, and what what are people thinking about my work? What are they getting from it but it's also consistency also has a lot of benefits for you as an artist because it really means that um, you're going deeper into your work and you're going deeper into your ideas. Instead of just skimming around and kind of touching in here and there, you're, you're grabbing onto something that, that really can evolve in this kind of organic way. There's, there's a growth that happens organically when you build your work over time And it's based in things that you're really interested in. And there is just a lot of satisfaction in that. You know, when you look at your own creative growth and over time, and you start to see, oh yeah, this, I touched on this idea, I explored this idea for a while, five years ago, and now I'm cycling back to it and I have different skills and I have different ideas, but the the consistency of the idea is there. Because it was one it was something that was truly interesting to me. And so that process of identifying what what those things aspects are that really are part of who you are and your authentic interests, exploring them from different points in time with different techniques and so on. I mean that's that's a really internal kind of um consistency, and that that cycling back sometimes to older ideas so i would i would also say like this whole idea of consistency and growth i mentioned can be a little more challenging for people that are sort of starting out but it is also that's a lifelong challenge i mean that it's still very much part of my art life and and a lot of artists that i know and it's it's not you know it's not isolated to something that you figure out in the beginning and then you have it in place
0: yeah, there there is um I, I think that there are examples of artists who uh, really radically change their style and there there's been some maybe kind of unorthodox ways of handling that. Uh, one that uh, comes to mind is um, uh, Garth Brooks actually went into rock music at one point and he, he performed under a completely different stage name. (laughs) And I kind of wonder if maybe there's a, a place for that with, with artists. If, if, uh, if you want to do something that's, that's an entirely, that's a departure from your current work. um, Is, is there something to be said for kind of rebranding entirely? Uh, How do you feel about that?
1: Well, Um, And it's interesting that you brought up a a musician because it seems – I was thinking about this, how when musicians change radically, it seems like they lose a lot of followers. They gain new ones, but it's – if they don't change their name or whatever. And writers also can put out books under different names and so on.
0: Yeah, that's another great example.
1: Yeah, different audiences for different things. But I don't know. To me –
0: the downside of that, of course, is that you don't bring in your existing audience who who might enjoy your new work, uh, and and the the benefit is that you don't lose people that that don't enjoy that departure.
1: Right, and I guess I mean I may be a little biased, but I feel like art is is very is so personal that somebody who is uh, following your work, interested in your work, can understand your changes um as a person. And that there because consistency is also a part of this picture, what you what you may change as an artist may not be as radical as going from country to rock and roll. Um, if it is, then I think as an artist you find you need to examine where the consistency lies. And I'm gonna get into that Aspect of it in a little bit. Um, I do know of artists that use different names for different styles. To me, I, I don't think I could do that personally. It would feel kind of too too scattered, too broken up. And if what you're really looking for is the connections and the and the um, the consistency in expressing your authentic self through your work, uh, to break it up radically with different names and so on uh it's not for everyone you know i think i think it's uh i mean certainly a personal choice but it would be a pretty radical one
0: let's take a quick minute to talk about what deals are available from blick ampersand gesso board and clay board are 20 to 42 percent off this is a great opportunity to get some panels at a great discount So to take advantage of that offer and to support the Messy Studio podcast, go to MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K. That will take you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% to the Messy Studio podcast. Using that affiliate link when you purchase your art supplies is really important to us. That 10% commission from Blick is very generous, and it's a really great way to fund the podcast. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it makes sure that all the bills around here can get paid. So once again, that affiliate link is MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K, to get your ampersand clay board or gesso board for 20 to 42% off, depending on the size. All right, let's get back into it.
1: Okay, so... I wanted to talk about what you you know things to think about if you're if you're listening to this and thinking that you really don't have much consistency to your work and this is it's a pretty big problem for a lot of people as they're learning and that advice to go deep and explore and have a lot of focus is is really good but I would say it also takes some time to get there you know to know to know well what are my main interests what is it that moves me and motivates me what is authentic to my expression all those things um f- figuring that out itself is a process <laughs> that may take a while um and once you once you do start to understand that as i mentioned with some of the artists at the beginning here you know your work can um, really get very strong and you can be rather bold i think with it and and say this is who i am this is one aspect of me this is another aspect of me but if you if you settle too soon into well if you focus a lot on marketing and you settle into something too soon before you've really figured all that out i feel like that's short-sighted um in terms of the big picture of yourself as an, an artist and the satisfaction that comes with growing, with growing and changing and and learning things, if you if you you know if you settle too quickly, um, that can be a problem. And so I feel like you need to sort of find your footing first. Uh, and even if you can produce something that superficially would satisfy a gallery, um, and they're saying, oh yeah, these these five, these ten, twenty. Seascapes all look very similar. So, okay, you're consistent. Well, you know, if that's the end of what you want to do, then okay. But <laughs> if, if, the, if you feel like there's more there that you want to bring to it, I would say really, really explore before you before you start into the marketing process. And you're going to feel more confident about it overall and just um, understanding where you're at in the process. And the, the, The biggest, most important advice that I'm sure our listeners have heard before and anybody who takes art courses has heard is the importance of working in series to find that continuity. Um, So, you know, defining series in kind of a broad way, it's it's just exploring an idea deeply um, over a number of pieces. And... Whatever the idea you're working with, that's what's providing the coherence. And so I, I usually recommend don't worry too much about the pieces actually looking a whole lot alike. Um, a lot of times with a series that's displayed in a gallery or something, the pieces will all be the same size or something. There's something really identifiably connecting them. But if you're doing this for your own reasons and for your own growth, simply having a central idea um is all you really need to do they can be different sizes they can be whatever uh but holding fast to some something that you're exploring so that could be so many different things anything that interests you and seeing finding different ways to to get into it um and maybe your boundaries around the series are beyond that idea maybe you say i'm going to do you know 12 paintings about uh color and certain ideas about color or 12 figurative paintings or whatever it is that you wanna get into. And maybe having that number helps because the, one of the things about working in series, you're not really gonna benefit if you walk away from it because it's gotten too hard or frustrating or you're out of ideas or something. <laughs> you know, you there's probably a point where you're gonna to have to push and say, "This is this is challenging, it's not really fun at the moment. But keep going because that's where you're going to make some progress. Um, and this whole thing about working series—it's just really good um, to have a limited idea for for a time, and then you can move on. Um, you can use intuition absolutely to to decide what you want to what you're going where you're going to go with it. You know, what's the subject matter, the color? Uh, maybe it's a material or a technique. Um, and and stick with it long enough to produce some work that you feel pretty good about. So that is really different from just trying one thing and then the next day you try something else and, you know, that sort of scattered thing, because there's really not much challenge in that. And when you get to a hard point, you just say, oh, well, that's not working out. <laughs> I'm going to try this other thing. Um, it's not it's not going to challenge you in the way that's going to help you find this voice and this direction that leads to uh, the consistency. So at the same time, you know, you can, you can do your 12 um, figurative studies and then the next time you start a new project, it can be something very different. So in that exploratory period that you might be going through as a, as a more beginning artist, this is all like kind of, uh, precursor to to marketing to putting your work out there, trying to find what it is, what's going to give you consistency, and and it's a very good time to try a lot of different things. So, and then looking at it and saying, well, where is the consistency? You know, maybe I do, maybe I do have an ongoing interest in shape or in um, abstract landscape. You know, it's coming through in all these these things that I'm trying. And then when you, you know, find what that is, what ties together these different things that you're interested in working on, uh, the next step is to commit to something for a longer time. And that that is really going to help you find that personal direction, that consistency. Uh, And it could, you know, it could be any anything um, that is pulling you.
0: Uh do you have any any tips for um ways to find inspiration that uh the artist may may not look to otherwise in order to to find uh you know different different ways to express yourself or different directions that you could go in?
1: Mm. Um I think most artists have a sense of what interests them in terms of visual elements. Most people have preferences. Like some people are interested in color. Some are not, <laughs> you know. Some uh, also abstraction and realism. I mean, some people are very interested in abstraction. Some not at all. So, so kind of starting from asking yourself your basic inclinations. But it is important to stay open-minded uh, because sometimes you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> so, you know, galleries, uh, art books, things uh, that you can look at online. Uh, Instagram, all kinds of things, really paying attention to what what you're drawn to, and does it speak to you? Would you want to do work that was somewhere in that vein? I mean, we can we can like things, but not particularly want to do them. But if you find yourself over and over looking at, say, geometric abstraction, and saying, "Yeah, that I like that," you know, <laughs> then that's a good place to start. Um, and maybe it's not; it's probably not the end, you know. But but getting going with some series on these initial things that you're drawn to. Like I said, it's a process to to just kind of come to the point where you say, That's what I'm about. It can take a long time. And just to be, you know, open. Um and I, I would say that <laughs> actually this period when you're looking and you're trying to figure this out, I think of it as a very long period of incubation and um one of the stages of creativity, if you read lists of creativity, one of the stages is is incubation. And that's usually thought of as a, as a block of time where we lack coherent ideas. And it's sort of something that lasts for, you know, a couple of weeks or something when we're trying to come up with something new and then we start going on that. But I think that this period of incubating can actually, um, in, a, in the big picture, can go on for a number of years when you're you're just gathering ideas and approaches and um, trying this, trying that, putting enough effort into really trying it, not just skimming over it. Uh, but that can take a long time, and I that's that it that can be frustrating for people. They think a lot of people want that to happen rather quickly. For some people, it does, um, but other people, you know, I I can say I have. Seen it take, uh, you know, four, five, six years for for artists who are working quite a bit, to kind of land at that point where they say, "This is where I can be consistent, but also enjoy growth and and change." Um, it takes a lot of patience. So, I think the idea of pursuing series um, is is really good um, to to get yourself there. Also, just. You know, we always talk about like being self-reflective, making notes, journaling, all that stuff. Asking yourself in this ongoing way what the work seems to be about for you, what's moving you about it, um, and also to keep working on your skills. And it's really a process of synthesizing so many different things, um, whether that's a short-term incubation or this bigger picture that I'm talking about um, you're pulling from something that you sort of know, and you feel like you're you're struggling towards something that you don't know what it is. You know it's out there. It's out of your grasp. And so you keep trying, and you keep trying, and, and you, you start to get there. And as I said before, this is a lifelong process. Um, there's always something else that's a little bit out of reach. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's what keeps you going. Um, so... I do think, though, that it happens, and it happens somewhat under the surface, and we've talked recently about um, intuition. Uh, intuition is operating this way, it's pulling things together from uh, your past, ideas about the future for your work, all kinds of influences and, and sources, and it really seems kind of magical to me, actually, that this this process can go on. and. I, I I often think it's it's a bit like um, we have a dream life, you know, where we, uh, uh, on some unconscious, subconscious level, we're pulling various ideas together in, in different ways and coming up with these, you know, images and ideas that are like, where did that come from? But it comes from in you. So when you're tapping into that level of stuff and it's intuitive, it's subconscious, there's a lot of practice involved, you know. It's, it's happening in all different ways. There is a consistency there, and I think that's the biggest picture about consistency: is that if you, if you're doing really authentic work, and it's it's heartfelt and it's um, it's something that you've practiced and explored, that that's consistent. You know, whether the appearance of it or the visual language differs or the materials, um. The consistency comes from inside of you.
0: Have you ever uh, taken a class where you were kind of not sure if it was something that you had any uh, interest in, in incorporating, or that was a, a radical departure? Or have you had people take take one of your workshops where where that was the case? And uh, and and what were the struggles in, in kind of uh, incorporating that?
1: Yeah, I I see that quite a bit in workshops that I teach where someone will come uh well especially when i was teaching the beginning levels people come to class from a background of realism they may um come from a background of of media that's handled really differently like acrylic which you know dries right away or encaustic that sets up right away um and they're very challenged to um open up to this new way of working and um yeah, I don't, uh, some people will never come back to it. Some people will say, that was a very interesting week and moving on, I'm not really gonna follow up on that. Uh, but a lot of people have a glimmer of something that stays with them and they they keep developing, they keep working on it. Um, I remember for myself taking um, kind of, I think it was just a couple days of a, a photography class, uh, And it was not technical, but just uh, taking images on uh, point and shoot cameras and we didn't have phones in those days. (laughs) But it just, one of the things was to just go out into nature and sit somewhere for a really long time, like an hour and just observe, and then take several photographs. But photographs would have been things that came to you as you sat there and looked and observed. And there was something about that process, and it wasn't really about photography. Um, I do enjoy photography and pursue it, but there was something about the process of sitting, looking, and really, really taking something in that had an effect on me. And sometimes it's not, yeah, it might not be the process. It might not be um, the material or anything that is being taught in the workshop, but some little side thing that hits you. And you say, that's that's valuable, that's interesting, and it stays with you. So I'm not sure if that answered the question, but um, I think you go into things like that not really knowing what you're going to take away. And you have to be open, you know, to see what will happen.
0: Do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode?
1: I would say uh, <laughs> we can be a bit of a broken record with this idea of this these balancing acts in art. But it's so true, and this is... This is another issue like that consistency or experimenting and growing and changing what's the balance you know and it's it because there are a lot of these in an art practice we really have to find individual solutions that work and you know one person's ideas about it will not be another's um but to me thinking about consistency in terms of maybe another word um a synonym continuity um this sort of organic growth i think that's a helpful idea that you know when when you think about continuity there can be change there can be flexibility but there's something running through it um things moving forward but there's common threads and those threads whatever they are these kind of core things that you're interested in that's what makes your work you makes your work unique. Um, and that that's really personal voice to me.
0: All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.